0: Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. We have a special podcast today. We are excited to have Ed Hafner, AVP of Payer Strategy, Medical Network for Change Healthcare, and Weedy Chair, and Robert Tennant, Vice President of Federal Affairs at Weedy. Rob and Ed are going to talk to us today about Weedy's recent testimony before a meeting of the National Committee on Vital Health Statistics, or the NCVHS. The NCVHS held a meeting at the middle of January on two very important issues before the committee, and really before the industry. Those issues relate to how health plans and providers conduct electronic administrative transactions on billing and payment of claims. Rob and Ed are going to tell us about those issues, the work that Weedy did to gather the information to give the NCVHS, and what Weedy recommended the NCVHS should be doing about it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the collective voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Albright. I am Chief Legislative Affairs Officer for Zealous Payments, Z E L I S. Zealous's mission is to enable providers to simplify and save on their payments and claims. I also serve as the Communication Committee Chair for Weedy. That's W E D I. Weedy is a national membership organization. Where the HIT community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Rob and Ed, good to have you here today.
1: Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, thanks, Matthew.
0: All right, so we got some exciting stuff today. Uh, first, let's let's back up a little bit. Uh, tell us what the National Committee on Vital he- Health Statistics has to do with administrative transactions between
2: uh, health plans and providers. Matthew, happy to uh, start. It's Rob here and. Um, the NCVHS has a unique and important role in the regulatory process. It is designated by HHS as sort of the way station between the industry and regulation. Um, their role is to, uh, collect information, um, through, uh, requests for comment, uh, and through hearings and make recommendations to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to HHS uh, on whether or not to move forward with a particular policy. Um, In fact, uh, CMS stated uh, during the hearing that they do not move forward with any new standard or operating rule without a recommendation specifically from NCVHS.
0: Oh, how about that? So this is a very key kind of industry group made up of different representatives not for industry, it sounds like also academics and and people in the know about these uh healthcare administrative transactions and the and the secretary, the agency, the administration actually relies on them uh to come up with recommendations for regulations. It's
2: key. absolutely. Yep.
0: Very good. Um so tell us a little bit about what uh the NCVHS was asking uh, for in from industry on Uh, a two-day meeting I believe on January 17th was the first one and I think we'll go to Ed with these questions what was that what was the question that that um, that NCVHS was asking the industry
1: well first of all I want to say it was a very well run set of meetings the first day was about 80-20 and should we adopt uh, that standard for HIPAA uh, as well as the second day was focused on the core operating rule enhancements, which I believe we call 4.0, and uh, involves uh, testimony from all kinds of stakeholders, including associations, uh, providers, payers, uh, SDOHs. I'm sorry, uh, SDOs. <laughs> I got the S's wrong. Uh, and so, it, uh, and we hear various positions that were different uh, between the two days.
0: Very good. And and what did Weedy bring to the table? Why was Weedy asked to to give testimony?
1: Oh, well, I, I I believe uh, NCVHS and, and Weedy's had uh, several conversations related to helping out and assisting using our membership and the feedback from our membership. Uh, Rob can go into much more detail on this, but you know the surveys that we've done that not only evaluated the costs of of migrating to these versions, but also uh, being able to uh, study the value uh, that our members perceive. Uh, and we also have a policy, uh, our policy process, MPA, where we brought together 70 plus uh, people, you know, to be able to discuss uh, their concerns and their how they valued it. Good, good.
0: And I think Weedy would be, you know, a prime uh, candidate to give testimony at something like this because Weedy represents the all different um, parties, right, in these healthcare transactions: the 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 payer, the provider, the the vendors, the clearinghouses, and even the consumers, maybe, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so great so let's start with the the go back to the ncvhs the the two questions one was ed you said uh, the considering the next version of hipaa standards for these administrative transactions and these were these all the administration transactions and maybe you could tick off a few
1: of them to, to remind us what, what kind of transactions we're talking about yeah uh, x12 t- took a, a different play this way uh, this, this time around so they released the uh, Three eight thirty sevens, a professional institution and in dental, and eight thirty five. Have plans of grouping several other bundles uh, down the road. Uh, so we're primarily studying the eight thirty sevens and the eight thirty five. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. And can you tell what those number? Tell us quickly what those numbers are. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the professional institution and dental claims, which are the eight thirty sevens, and the eight thirty five is the remittance advice.
0: Okay, so the actual claim, the electronic claims being sent from the provider to the payer, that's being considered to being upped, the electronic format for that. And also the remittance advice that describes the payment is being considered to go to the next version as well. Is that right?
1: That's correct.
0: Good. And then on the second day, they talked about operating rules. And my understanding, our operating rules are some of the rules of the road around all of these HIPAA transactions, perhaps. Uh, and again, were those all the HIPAA transactions or just uh, uh, on the 837 and 835?
1: Uh, There were varying uh, rules, you know, uh, if if I recall correctly, uh, connectivity, uh, which involves uh, many of them, you know, being able to uh, perhaps modernize to the REST protocol as opposed to an older one like mine. Uh, They also talked about content in the eligibility response. Uh, They talked about being able to uh, understand what patients belong to what uh, providers I think that was also a big one, Rob. I'm missing one. Um, uh, yeah, the attachments. Oh, yeah, the attachments. Go, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Thank you. Very good.
0: Very good. All right. So again, maybe before we get back into the the actual testimony, um, Rob, would you talk about what Weedy did uh, to kind of prep for this meeting and how, and how what, what what kind of information did you go armed with to to give testimony?
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, as Ed said. Um, in the last uh, year, uh, Weedy revamped uh, its approach to collecting information from its members. and uh, so it's a threefold process now. Uh, we have uh, 18 different work groups, subwork groups, and task groups, and the ones uh, that were uh, directly involved with the questions in front of the NCBHS were the claims subwork group and the uh, remittance and payments a uh, sub workgroup. So there was robust discussion for uh, several months regarding uh, these uh, X-12 and core proposals. So that was part of the process. The second was uh, between September and October, we conducted two surveys, one specifically on the uh, X-12 proposal on the 837s and the 835, and the second uh, survey specifically, on the four um, operating rules that uh, CAQH core had proposed. Uh We got uh, about 77 responses to the X-12 survey, about 58 uh, for the core survey. Um, understanding that, you know, it is not in any way uh, a, scientif- a scientific a poll, but it, we think it's a good snapshot of the industry to get really the pulse of, of um what uh, the various stakeholder groups feel about these uh proposals uh the one thing that uh, came through though is um there, there there's a lot of unknowns uh because these are just proposals they are not uh proposed rules most if not i'd say most organizations have not yet performed any kind of cost benefit analysis so a lot of it is based on their experience going from 4010 to 5010 so i think that 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 came through um, and as Ed said, um, uh, following the survey, uh, we held uh, a lengthy, I think it was uh, about uh, three or four hours uh, talking about um, these proposals directly with the membership. We had about 75 individuals, uh, including candidly, some from NCBHS and CMS that were sort of flies on the wall listening into the discussion. Um, and as Ed said as well, uh, we had, uh, had conversations with NCVHS because we wanted to know what were the key questions that they wanted answered. And so we were able to, uh, not only have a discussion during, um, this MPA event, but we also, uh, conducted polls. So we were able to, to, on the fly, uh, really ascertain, uh, the perspectives, uh, from these attendees. So it was a very successful event. It culminated in Whedon's, submission of a very comprehensive uh, response to the NCVHS request for comment that led of course uh, directly to Weedy being invited uh, to present um, the results from the MPA process at the uh, for each day of the two-day hearing.
0: Very good so Tell me a little bit more. You talked about the Weedy sub work groups that have been working on this, uh, kind of looking at it uh, for uh, months now. Uh, you talked about the survey, and then you talked about this this time where you actually got into a room for three or four hours and, and hashed it out. Tell me about the membership. What, what do you mean by the stakeholders that you had in there?
2: So it was a very good cross section of the industry and a very good cross section of the Weedy membership. Uh, we had health plans, we had providers. Uh, we had vendors, uh, SDOs, um, and in particular, we had experts um, from core, we had experts from X12, so they could answer any tactical questions that came up. We had a really, uh, I would say, a blue star group of moderators, some of the real experts in the industry, including those that were um, part of the development process for both the, the X12 standards and the core operating rules, they served as moderators to keep the discussion going. Um, I can tell you that the chat, uh, you know, comments and questions was extremely robust and really helped, uh, Weedy as it developed its final, um, pro- product for, A- for NCVHS.
0: Very good, and, I, and and I think you know what what Weedy always to me brings to the table is that diverse amount of stakeholders, and it sounds like in this case the NCVHS, this committee that's supposed to make advice based on feedback from the industry to to the secretary, sounds like you're actually doing the NCVHS job for them in many <laughs> ways, right? Because you're actually putting people in the room and having a much more in depth conversation than can happen half day in a at, a at a very structured format, formal NCVHS meeting, right? Absolutely. Yep. And, I, and I also uh, want to take note, did you say that the regulators, uh, the actual government regulators were in the room uh, when you were having these discussions with with
2: all the stakeholders? Yes, because ultimately they're going to have to make the decision whether or not to move forward with these uh, proposals. And I think it's helpful for them to hear directly from the stakeholders. Um, and they're able to, um, they don't want to tip their hand at all, but they can ask questions um, and try to elicit from um, the participants specific in- information that they want to hear. So uh, again, it's uh, it's important to note that Weedy does have a very close relationship uh, with the relevant government agencies. In fact, uh, the CMS National Standards Group that oversees the HIPAA transactions they serve on the Weedy Board of Directors, and a uh, CAQH Core as well serves on the Weedy Board of Directors.
0: Very good. And, you know, as a former regulator, too, with CMS, I, I, I think that is an excellent opportunity for them too. again, not so much to help form their opinion, but to get much more information than they get from reading articles or, or studying any particular aspect of what they have to actually regulate to actually be in the room and hear what the different uh, conflicts are and what the different concerns are is great. So let's go to that. Um, what did you present uh to the NCVHS on that first day of, of moving to the next version of standards? Um and you actually said that it, it that many of the responses were based on how they the last time they did that, which was the what was that, 2012, I guess, when they moved from two twenty-four, uh, what is it? 4010 to 40, 4010 10. Yeah. So yep. so take a shot, Rob.
2: Yeah. So um what we heard from the membership was uh, general support for moving to the 837 institutional professional dental uh, claim and also for the 835, uh, but certainly some concern about the uh, return on investment. Uh I think it's a little bit of an unknown um, how these uh, revised transactions will impact the healthcare industry, what the cost will be to implement. And I think uh, part of the general comments we received was um, that there's a lot of going on. Uh, Matthew, you've coined the term, it's raining regulations uh, that couldn't be more apt. We've got uh, 21st century Cures Act requirements. We've got no no surprises act requirements. Now we've got a potential new set of administrative standards and operating rules. How do they all fit together? What are the priorities? And uh, one of the uh, main points that we made to NCVHS was uh, how critical it is to create this comprehensive health IT roadmap for the government and the industry because we don't want to move forward and spend a lot of money on something that's not going to bring uh, discernible uh, benefits to the industry and particularly to patients. I think um, um, Ed has said this uh, on many occasions, uh, the patient voice was not front and center that I think uh, we have to remember any change to health IT ultimately should benefit patient care. And I think that's one of the uh, key elements that we need to continue to make to the government and to industry. Um, and I think the other issues um are pilot testing and proof of concept. I think X-12 has indicated they're going to uh, begin that process for these uh, transactions for the 837 and the 835, but that is subsequent to them making the recommendation um, to NCVHS. So there's some question about whether or not that should have been done ahead of time uh, to better arm the industry with that information, Ed?
1: And I think that's a really good lead to talk about some of the testimony given on both days. Uh, you know, it was uh, what I found very profound uh, and, you know, I feel you know, some empathy towards X12 where they've worked so hard at advancing their standard over the last what, 14 years since we've adopted 5010, if that was about the time period. And, um, you know, there's been so many changes and we haven't adopted the new version. So now it's this big uh, set of changes that we all have to consider making and to be able to really dissect what are the main uh, value props and the different, you know, are we adding diagnosis codes? Are we adding special kinds of information in the 835 to convey denials? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that's been added. And so uh, we've, we found on the first day when we're talking about uh, the 8020, uh, we found out the payers or health plans were really uh, very supportive of it. On the provider side, there wasn't a ton of benefit uh, that they saw, except for the denials. I think that was the, the big one. Um, providers voiced a concern about the fact that uh, that the payments or the 835s uh, will now contain uh, information about the virtual credit card and concern that that's actually going to encourage a VCC uh, a push uh, by health plans. And I don't believe that was the purpose, and I believe some people have tried to settle the crowd down that that's not what was the intent, but, you know, it is out there. And, you know, I I believe that that's something that should be articulated if there of a rule does get proposed where on the second day, we're finding the opposite, right? The the providers are excited about getting more content, right? More real-time type responses with the more modernized APIs and getting full information about whether uh, uh, telehealth is covered, whether, um, you know, whether information, whether someone's in network or out of network, it, it's just really uh, there's just a lot more robustness there. Where on the health plan side, oh, my gosh, that's really uh, going to be hard to fill out in some cases, not all of the health, health plan cases. But one thing I do want to uh, point out is that if you look at it from an industry perspective, we really didn't talk about the impact to the patient uh, and in the claims we are moving to a double set of diagnosis codes, doubling, I think, 12 to 24 diagnosis codes, which will allow for us conveying uh, social determinants of health information that could potentially uh, help the CMS's focus to advance health equity. So, uh, you know, we really need to take a look at all of it together.
0: So so just to go back uh, uh look back on that what you're saying is that even though the the within these standards and within these operating rules perhaps there are some benefits some perhaps direct benefits for patients that didn't quite emerge to the surface in this
1: conversation among industry is that right yeah that's correct and i think that's something i hope Hopeful that NCBHs and CMS uh, take in consideration when they're evaluating it. And, and unfortunately, these rules aren't equal. It's not an equal benefit to the provider side or the health plan side, uh, and it's reversed. You know, on you know different ones. But overall, you know, getting information. Uh, quicker, uh, being able to have uh, more detailed information, to decisions on behalf of patient's care. Those are things that really, uh, I think, needs to be considered on, on moving things forward. Right, right. Not just the benefits to a payer or the burden
0: to, to the industry and the players to, to to build this, but also what's the outcome for the patient and, and how they're going to see in, in improvement in their healthcare, right? So,
2: right. So, Rob, did you have something to add to that? Just a a couple of points. Uh, Ed did a great job of of summarizing. Um, One of the key elements brought up by the providers with the operating rules was the idea of the uptime requirement for health plans Uh, moved from 86% to 90%. uh, And that reflects the fact that healthcare is 24-7. you know, uh, if you're sick on the weekends, you get seen on the weekends, and so it's important for uptime uh, to, you know, for plans to be able to respond to provider inquiries. And so they they mentioned that uh, moving it seems incremental, but eighty-six to ninety percent reflects three hundred and sixty-five more hours in the year, uh, which is say, say significant. Where the providers. Um, uh, were concerned about in terms of operating rules was on the attachment side. So the argument was, it may be a little premature. They were not opposed to operating rules, but it may be premature because um, the attachments proposed rule um, is expected perhaps to change from proposed to to final. And so uh, their argument was, it might be best to wait until we have a final rule before developing those final operating rules.
1: Gotcha. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, Rob, uh, well, that was very inspirational. And the attachment rule are recommending 60-20 version, not 80-20, right, for uh, referrals and as well as the prior auth transactions, uh, as well as the attachment ones and requesting attachments. And then you have the prior authorization, interoperability and prior authorization rule that goes in further out that uh converts the data and they only mention uh converting to the EDI version 278 request response uh from the fire version to get to the health care uh, application systems uh, and yet they don't even mention attachments right which i assume they'll put in one if they would do that but uh you know you have one standard kind of reflecting the prior off one reflecting 5010 perhaps which is more current and 6020 from the attachments and here we're considering 8020 then we have the core operating rule that you know is looking for more rest uh, type communications and you know how does that work with the attachment rule and you know but certainly works really well with prior author rules so uh, it's an interesting time to be uh, under uh, under the umbrella uh, under the weedy umbrella looking at all the different regulations.
0: And so, did you get a sense from the committee, the NCVHS, or, or probably not from CMS? Though I think they might have given testimony as well. Did you get a sense for how all this input from the industry was settling in their heads? Were they asking leading questions at all, or were were they quiet as a Supreme Court judge?
2: Uh, if Rob, what do you think? I don't think so. They were um, fairly quiet in yeah. terms of questions. Uh, a little bit like the Supreme Court at times. Um, <laughs> I think uh, the challenge for them, and it's not the first time they've encountered this, where I think Ed said correctly, you know, you've know, you got divergent perspectives, providers on one side, gen- generally speaking, and uh, payers on the other, very challenging to come up with a middle ground because it's either you recommend them or you don't. Um, I think the wiggle room here is... That um, NCHS may defer uh, recommendations until they have some of this data from X12 on the proof of concept and their pilots. So uh, that might be a way to kick the can da- down the road. We'll see what they do, but I think it's clear um, that uh, they will not rubber stamp any uh, move forward with rac- you know with uh, standards or operating rules. They, uh, as well as the industry, really want to know that these changes are going to result in a better healthcare system.
1: Ed, yeah, go ahead. And I I thought it was very interesting looking at what we're being asked to adopt. I mean, when we look at the core operating rules, it's steps, they're not leaps, right? We're adding more content, but it's not like we're adding. Tons and tons of content. We're adding a modification to how we communicate. We're adding something to a new transaction. Hopefully that will be adopted, which would be the attachments one on the X12 one for 8020. Oh my gosh, there's so much we're being asked to adopt. It's such a big leap. Someone I think gave testimony saying this is going to be just as big or maybe just a little less than jumping from the 4010 version, the first version over to 5010, uh, which was quite substantial they're saying this is kind of equivalent and x12's ask which I thought was a fair one was gosh let's settle on a base and then going forward let's go inter- incremental so is it worth the industry you know even despite being, not being able to um, you know say there's enough return on investment for everyone uh, to, to adopt 8020 but at least to get into a cycle of of, of having incremental changes and uh, improvements?
0: So, so let me ask you, was that part of either Wheaties or other recommendations to the NCVHS is to, yes, you've got these two particular issues, you've got this idea, should we adopt this next uh, version of standards, should we adopt this next version of operating rules to rethink how we adopt them and then and the rhythm in which we do? Rob, go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, we asked those questions in our surveys and our recommendation to NCVHS was that at a minimum. Um, the standards should move forward as uh, as a related package, so you can't have claim and remittance in, in two different packages. Those that are re- related should go uh, at, at the same time, though we would prefer them all go at the same time. And as Ed said, uh, what we recommended was that once you get to the baseline, now you need to create a uh, standardized cadence, whether it's every two years or three years, but something that the industry can rely on and plan for, and it'll cut costs down. And, it, um, as Ed said as well, this leap from 50 10 to 80 20 over a 10 year period means there's thousands of changes. So if you, if you cut that time down to two or three years, the changes are going to be more incremental, a little bit easier for the industry, uh, to achieve success with.
0: Yeah, and and you can you can see that 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 uh, this last uh, it's been 12 years now since the last uh 10 years since the last leap right from one version of standards to the next and it'll probably be even if it's if it's adopted and they go full steam with the regulation will be another two years so we're looking at 12 years since the last version and before that it was 12 years as well from 2000 to 2012 so you're looking for a bigger uh, better rhythm um Ed you had something to add to that oh
1: I- Uh, No, I I, I was uh, was nodding my head agreeing with Rob. I I think that was really well said. The only other thing I would say is if we're studying return on investment uh, or value, we can't be talking to the EDI gateway people on either side. We have to talk to the business people. They're the ones that are going to be able to uh, understand the denials better. They're the ones to be able to uh, express Uh, you know, know, different different sorts of social determinants of health in in the claims and and, and what's that value to people that are doing the data analysis, um, you know, uh, in the business areas to understand their health equity uh, challenges. There's just so much to to be done that we impact business people and we're not really measuring that. And uh, I really would encourage uh, we need to look into that, but also, uh, you know, as NCVHS is uh, looking at or X12 or even HL7 or CORE, if we're, we're building these standards, you know, to be able to consider the impact of business people. Gotcha, gotcha. As well think- as the patients, right? Yeah, go. Yeah. Sorry. Yes.
0: And I think that's what I think what I'm hearing you saying is we're hearing a lot of uh, opinions about, from IT. Ah, uh, people there in the trenches that say this is going to be a big lift because they're worried about what levers to pull and what to add to the uh, information and what structural changes have to be done to the infrastructure. And you're saying let's broaden it a bit. And and as we were thinking about return on investment, let's think think about the business returns, about the patient returns, about the the returns of the whole care healthcare system as opposed yeah. to just this is going to make this you know this tunnel or this this p- pipeline go a little quicker for us, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, Good, very good. So on that, um, what are next steps or what do we think the next steps will be? What, what is NCVHS gonna do? Are, are they going to delay a, a recommendation or are they gonna turn around and recommend the industry work more on something?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the great unknown. Uh, the process will be that the subcommittee will meet, um, they will discuss, uh, they may draft um, a recommendation letter, Um, They've promised that the next action will be before the full NCVHS committee meeting. They've not set that date yet, but it'll probably be in a a couple of months. Um, At that point, if they do have a letter of recommendation, they will discuss it at the meeting. Uh, They will vote on it. Uh, They may tweak it. um, And then it will be sent to um, uh, the HHS secretary. We have invited and they have accepted uh, the three co-chairs of the NCVHS standards subcommittee to speak at the Weedy Spring Conference in May. So we are hopeful that there'll be uh, some definitive um, answer from NCVHS by then. Even if there's not, I think it'll be a very interesting discussion to hear from these three leaders in regards to what their perception of the hearing was and what next steps lie ahead for NCVHS
0: very good and and is it bi-directional i mean the ncvhs is going to make some kind of recommendation to the secretary can the ncvhs turn around and say and by the way we want more from weedy
2: or from core or from x12 is that something that ncvhs um, would do absolutely uh especially if they have some gaps uh in their information they need filled uh it wouldn't be unprecedented for them uh, to, to come to weedy and in fact going back in hit in history um, CMS has actually done that with Weedy, where uh, a comment period had closed, for example, on the national provider identifier rule. Uh, they didn't get enough information, so they came back to Weedy and said, Can you please hold an industry event uh, to solicit uh, a national perspective? So um, there's no set um, a process for N- NCBHS. Their goal is to get as much information as they can so they can make an informed uh, set of recommendations to the sac- secretary of HHS.
0: Very good. So you've talked about two days with NCVHS, sounds like there's a lot of material presented, certainly from Weedy, but from everybody else, but whatever comes from NCVHS could have a substantial impact on the industry at large, including patients, right, Ed? Uh, do you, can you point me to, and, and I'll turn to our producer, Michael, as well, can you pr- point the listeners to uh, resources they can learn to find more out about either NCVHS or what Weedy proposed to NCVHS or some of Weedy's research into that NCVHS? I know I'm springing this on to you in two seconds here, but go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, the the first place to go is uh, the Weedy Knowledge Center at uh, wedi.org, um, where you can uh, review our ta- testimony. Um, the NCVHS. Um, is simply ncbhs.hhs.gov and if you click on meetings at the top it'll take you to the January 18 and 19 meeting and at that point um, they have up on the website all of the testimony from both days so um, you can um, not only review the powerpoint slides from each of the testifiers but they also have um, I'm not sure if it's up yet but they will have a transcript of the hearing as well, so you can um, follow along with uh, the uh, very long uh, two-day hearing.
1: Yeah, uh, all, and all the presentations have been posted out. We received a letter from Lorraine Duke, uh, uh, and she says it's ncvhs.hhs.gov uh, backslash meetings backslash standards dash subcommittee dash hearing backslash. There you go.
0: Excellent. And it sounds like we will have those uh, URLs and those links uh, linked uh, underneath this podcast, wherever you're getting this podcast, uh our producer will add those links. Um, so uh, thank you very much, Ed and Rob. Any closing uh, comments you'd like to make? Any Anything that was not brought up that you'd like to address? Yeah, uh, Rob. I'll
2: just say a big thank you first to our Weedy members that participated in our surveys and Attended our member position advisory meeting. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's the value that you bring to this organization that allows us to make the types of recommendations to NCBHS. And a thank you uh, to NCBHS for its long partnership with Weedy and for its invitation uh, to participate in these important hearings.
1: And I would like to add, first of all, congratulate Rob on an awesome, awesome testimony uh, given on both days. But also we had about 10 or more uh, Weedy uh, active members gave testimony as well. And uh, there's some very nice balance from, from, uh, from that participation. So I was proud of them as well. Very good.
0: Very good. Well, this has been a great discussion, Ed and Rob. Thank you very much. Uh, we've had Ed Hafner, he's AVP of Payer Strategy, Medical Network for Change Healthcare, and he's also the Weedy Chair, and Robert Tennant, Vice President of Federal Affairs at Weedy. Thank you both. And this has been the Collective Voice of Health IT, a weedy podcast, where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. You can find this episode and many more on our website, weedy.org. Thank you all for joining us and be safe.